somehow, somehow with all this busyness, I have been able to do deep work and get, jump on another episode here with you. So thank you for being here. Um, let's get into this because this is some serious philosophy. And, um, I know that there's a stereotype that the extroverts can't possibly be deep enough or that we can't, um, people who are more extroverted cannot, um, possibly have, especially those that are in communities or who are around a lot of people cannot possibly have the time or the intelligence or the space to possibly do deep work. But that is a definite stereotype. Extroversion is extremely deep work, just in a different way than you're used to. So here we go. Let's get into this dishes and rule books. So I've been hearing conversation over the last couple of weeks about dishes and rule books. And I'm not really doing a whole lot of one-on-one analyzing as much as I was in the past um, about this particular thing. And to be completely honest, I um, am kind of doing a bit of organizing. Right now I'm sitting in my little studio space back here, but um, doing a bit of organizing as we go along so that I have even more of an excuse to be left here with you in an episode here. And I'm having a giant mug of coffee to celebrate my daughter's end of the year, um, done with kindergarten. And now she can do some fun school stuff in person and virtual and get togethers and summer. So woohoo for that. But, um, getting into dishes and rule books. Um, so in kind of a soliloquy style podcast, and, um, even in when you hear around in person or, you know, I've just been picking up a lot of things over the last like month or a couple of weeks and I haven't, I've been doing episodes on current events, but I haven't really addressed the things that I want to address. So I'm going to put this on low power mode and I suggest you do the same because I don't know how long this episode is going to be. Pause as needed, as I say in these deep episodes, um, We pause as we need to because life happens, we have lives, and we understand each other. So if I do an episode that's an hour long, I am not expecting you to sit there for 60 minutes in a row nonstop and listen to me babble on. What I'm hoping for is that you can pause and resume and listen as your life is happening, as you can, as you feel it is being, it is helping guide you through your day. And I do this with podcasts already. Um, pause and resume and then listen, even if it's for another minute and then it's guiding. And then the synchronicity is happening at the same time as you're listening and I am guiding you or the other podcaster may be guiding me or etc. So that is what I am hoping for that you can pick up on. Um, if that is your way that you need to listen, if you can, if you have some downtime, which is awesome, I'm hoping for some downtime to catch up on some content, um, over the weekend, but we'll see because we are having my sister-in-law here more, um, 
this weekend. So that'll be really nice. And we'll need to, we'll want to hang out with her and catch up with her and we'll need to, uh, do that. So I'm hoping if I got up earlier in the morning or stayed up at night, caught up with some mom podcasts and some other things, I want to get to know my friend's podcasts, hint, hint, link please to your podcast. Um, (laughs) and all that kind of stuff over the weekend as I am also doing zoom meetings and just getting to know people. Um, so again, if you have kind of a busy life, I do not expect you to sit here for 60 minutes in a row. If you're going to listen for the next like two minutes and then pause, that's understandable. If it takes you a month to hear an hour episode, that's totally understandable. I've done that. I've been definitely, um, not even guilty of, but just done that. So in these day episodes, if you're new to my show, that is how we do things. We understand each other. Um, in this way and we respect each other's time and um, I'm hoping that you can understand that if I have multi-segmented episodes pausing and resuming it is because I need to find times to record each episode and pre-recording times and all that kind of stuff so we respect each other good let's get into the philosophy so dishes and obligation and um, rule books and obligations Um, so in the conversation, this is going to be very interesting how this is going to start, but in the conversations and thoughts that I hear expressed out loud, it is based on a kind of a rebellious streak, which it is very natural to go through rebellion as you're growing up. And as you are, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're getting away from thinking the same way that you're mother does the same way that your father does the same way that your grandparents think and you're thinking in terms of deep work is more important than dishes but your rule book says that I should do the dishes because um you have an emotional attachment to um my doing the dishes because, you know, now you're going to come home from work or you're going to do this or that. And you have an attachment to my doing dishes. This is what I'm hearing. I don't really think of it this way at all. And in fact, I didn't realize how different I was when it came to philosophy in this way of thinking. And I'm not bashing this way of thinking because I too have had rebellious streaks in transitioning into adulthood. Um, And even in organization and even in things like calendar blocking, I felt like it was too rigid. Now I understand it actually gives me more control, not the other person, um, over schedule and timing and choices. Um, So earlier I was doing a podcast episode for you. It was a blog update. And my calendar, my Google calendar had let me know that my daughter's class was coming up in 10 minutes. And I was able to... Um, have, give myself a little breathing room between podcasting with you and class with my daughter and getting ready and transitioning and making sure I had a snack and eating my fruit. And so it gave me more control in doing that instead of trying to record with you, getting interrupted at the last minute, not finishing the recording in time, um, or having a shitty ending to a podcast episode. So Google Calendar, as a part of my uh, you can call it a rule book if you feel like it's too rigid as a part of my rule book is helpful. And 
I, it's not to say that for those of you who have this rebellious streak, I don't think you necessarily think that your rule book is bad or that other people having a rule book is bad. What I think happens though is you're like, why do you emotionally attach to my doing the dishes? Well, that's what I want to get into this philosophy here is the philosophy around share and what I like to call and what I hear a lot of times call pitch, pitching, pitching in. And so this is the reason why your mother or your housemate or whoever is coming home from work and yelling at you and having this rigid rule book about I've been working all day and we got a sink full of dishes and you need to do them. And you're like, why are you emotionally attached to me doing the dishes in your rule book when you could just do them? Or, well, there's a reason for this. It is because if you are in a situation where you don't have money or you don't manage money of your own, you don't have a dollar to your name in particular, or you don't have um, a certain amount of time in your life where you are doing something. And this is why I talk about control or at least having some sort of experience in your life being important. Like when you're coming from a place of zero experience, zero dollars to your name, um, that lack of experience is fucking you over because that housemate, that mother of yours, that grandfather who's bitching about you about taking the trash out in the morning after you got a free dinner. Um, and this is a part of like blind adulting. So I think I'm going to add this to like the blind adulting mini series. Um, when you're having this kind of argument with someone or they are yelling at you, because this is what I've had to participate in in the blind community and I've had problems of my own and I've had to really learn what this is like and what sharing and all this kind of stuff, pitching in that whole, I had to learn that philosophy through experience. And so when they're sitting there coming home and yelling at you, they realize, they recognize you haven't done the dishes, you haven't done um, X, Y, Z. It's because they're having life experience they don't understand and they really don't have to give a fuck that you're having deep work experience. This is blind adulting. This isn't blind child. So, um, if you want to fast forward through the cussing, I totally respect it if you're not a cusser, but this is, we are adults and this is what it is. They don't see you having any life experience. So they're thinking like you have all this time on your hands to pitch in, take out the trash, or do the dishes when, you know, you're, like, doing this deep work and learning and knowledge and your head is in books and you're sitting there listening to podcasts all day, you're watching YouTube videos all day, you're reading all day, um, you're writing all day even, and it's, it's contributing to your own desires, but you're not pitching in to the life experience when you're sharing a home with somebody. And I used to struggle with some of this 
as I was recovering from getting out of drinking and stuff. So I'm not immune to these experiences and I'm not immune to having arguments even now as I am not perfect. But I'm telling you why people have these rigid attachments and emotional rule books of what makes a good housemate. And so if you're going to get yelled at, they have their reasons. They've been working all day. They've been managing your money for you. They've been paying bills. They're having actual adult life experiences. And so they don't care that your world is, I'm learning this technique from a book or I'm this story or this book or this learning this structure is very important for my mental well-being. That's great. But what also is going to be good for your mental well-being and establish your, um, it's going to establish your leverage in a relationship, in a housemate relationship, is sacrifice and time that you're giving somebody. You have zero dollars in your name. Somebody's got their name on your checking account. Somebody's got their name uh, in the house. Like you're paying rent to somebody at their house and somebody's got, it's their name on the house, not yours. Uh, you're paying them rent through, they take your money because you've allowed them to have access to your money um, without like getting proper, uh, taking proper um, teachings from getting your own money. And so they actually have that right to ask whatever it is that they want you to do, whether that's dishes, whether that's helping to box things that they get from work, whether that is sweeping the floor, licking the floor, they have that right to ask you because you're living in their house. Um, again, these are things I've had to learn. So I'm not speaking as like a, an old lady here, like, I mean, you could call me an old lady. I don't, maybe I am, but I'm speaking through wisdom here. And somebody might come home in tears that you didn't do the dishes uh, because they are, they've had an actual day of being an adult. They've had a bad day at work. They've had a, um, something happened within the family they're worried about and they just want to come home to a clean sink or they just want to come home to the garbage taken out or they just want to come home to a house that looks pretty for whatever reason they want a house that looks pretty they want you to polish their chandeliers clean their fancy floors uh with uh don't use bleach i've been um actually i was told not to use bleach in somebody's house through a podcast not even face to face but that's a whole nother <laughs> you know they want their fancy house to look nice they want and you're living in that comfortable house you're living in that comfortable environment especially if they have the family is helping you out and they have a lot of money to help you out and you're getting food, you're getting margaritas, you're getting all these things and all they want you to do is pitch in. It's a philosophy. So it's not just this rigid rule book and people need to change and they need to meditate. Maybe they do need to meditate, but that's not up to us to decide what people need to do. Um, and so these are things that I've had to tell my own self in the past when I was recovering from like a lot of mental health and just this learned helplessness and all this kind of stuff. And 
what it's going to do if you decide to do these things without having to be told or without having to overthink and criticize somebody else's rule book, which they have every right to write a rule book for you when you're living in their house or vacationing at their home or taking advantage of free dinners and all that, is they have the right to have a rule book, write a rule book, put that rule book in front of you. And you don't really, to criticize that, you're not, you're actually doing yourself a disservice because you're not establishing the proper leverage in a relationship that you need in a family relationship that is going to allow them to trust you, allow them to actually learn from you. You want to teach people how to meditate or how to have peace or how to, why they should read more, why they should be more into deeper work, why small talk sucks. I totally agree with all these things, but what's going to fuck you up as, you know, somebody who is into mental health or somebody who has a passion as a blind person or an autistic person um, or somebody who is really, really therapy-based and has all the answers. Maybe you do, but like the other person is not going to give a shit or want to even bother to learn from you if you're not pitching in, if you're not establishing the proper um, way that they want to be helped by you when you're living in their house, you're sharing the responsibility. You got out of maybe managing money or you got out of worrying about transportation or you got out of doing these different things for yourself because maybe you're like, I don't want to deal with it. I can't deal with it. Okay, fine. Maybe, you know, we all are good at different things. There's nothing wrong with that. But if it's not the money that they want, it's going to be your time. If it, because they're managing your money, that's technically their money. If it's not the time that they're going to want from you, it's going to be money. Um, because you're living in their house and you got to pay rent, you got to pay bills. If it's not the, that sort of thing, it's going to be help with transportation. Just because you're blind, you can help somebody get an Uber ride because they may not feel comfortable on the phone. So you can help them get a ride even when you're blind and just different things. And so I'm not saying this to be cynical or to be, um, because I actually think we're all interdependent, but what's ruining our interdependence is this lack of, um, not accountability necessarily. Cause I think we, we have a desire for accountability. Like we want to say we're accountable. Um, and it is like in, in a lot of cases, a lack of accountability, but what it really, the reason why we have the lack of accountability is because we think that we have to go to a center and learn all this in, independence in order for life to go the way that we think it should. And if we opt out of doing a center or being interested, we don't have to do it. And it's like, you know, college and adult education for disabled and all these things are like in the same category. And it's not necessarily that you get to opt out of reality because you made a mistake and were not interested in the classes a long time ago. You don't get to opt out of reality because you 
decided to throw away your responsibilities. And so what I'm saying is that like something I had to learn is I used to find it very difficult to be like the the therapist in the family. My family lives on this property with us. We kind of share a home, we share space. And I've always been very vocal about how helpful that is and how sighted people rely on each other a lot more than we like to admit or that we like to understand as blind people or blind adults or whatever because we uh we want to say that well blind people shouldn't do that well sighted people if you want to live like a sighted person or be more mainstream I'm not saying that take away the accountability. I'm saying embrace some interdependence. Even if you can live on your own and you feel empowered, that's awesome. But understand that... Understand that you're going to have to live in um, a town that is like all blind people and you're going to have to live around their centers and their colleges and their schools, their uh, adult education environments in order to be completely blind centric and have kind of a blind centric life and it's that reality that you can do if that's what you want to do go move to a town or go be get involved with your local blind center and go do that if you want to be blind centric disabled centric autistic centric and that kind of thing and then you'll have kind of that understanding of it But the reality is when you get out of those centers and you get out of that college, even if you're throwing that away, you still are expected to have obligation, whether that's friendships and contributing to that friendship in some way, pitching in for their streaming service with them if they're kind enough to let you on their streaming service, um sharing and responsibility for the house when your family is letting you stay there just all these different things we don't want to talk about this stuff because it makes blind people look bad it makes disabled people look um we're afraid of looking stupid and i don't think that that is the case whatsoever um because i think these issues need to be brought to the light and we need to have these conversations and I'd love to have conversations with people about this stuff um, where they're able to put their view out there, even if it's a different view, because we all have different views. Um, And we all have different views of how we want to live. And these views don't need to be forced on each other. What makes a successful disabled person? It needs to be what makes somebody able to have the freedoms that they have what makes what has somebody learned from being disabled it's not so much about the success story and being amazing and climbing Mount Everest and all that stuff is really inspiring and we can learn from that but what are we actually learning from being disabled versus what is the stereotypical successful blind person or what is a stereotypical successful um, disabled person of any kind And so I really just wanted to make this episode. I didn't expect that it would go into blind adulting, but that will be the second, I I believe the second episode in the series of blind adulting. Um, Because this really has to do with, you have to have, and I'm learning this, 
You have to establish relationships and it's more important for us to establish proper relationships than it is because we have to embrace this interdependence. Even if you live on your own, you depend on the mailman to bring the mail and put it in your mailbox. If they put it in a neighbor's mailbox, you have to, you're going to miss out on your mail. So you're depending on the mailman to put mail in your mailbox or the person who creates the drone in the future to fly the drone to your house and deliver through a drone, for instance. Um, however it works for you or however it's going to work for the future, making this future proof here. And so, um, but we're dependent on Uber drivers to get us around. We're dependent on bus drivers to get us around. We're dependent on city streets to be safe. And that takes the right people to make those city streets streets safe, even if you're the most advanced uh, street traveler, cane traveler, whatever. And so this is kind of my second take that I wanted to share. So I really hope that this sparks some thought. And if you have any thought, voice message down below. Um, PM me personally. You know where to find me. Um, definitely Facebook, Twitter. Um, you'll see my name, Jessica Eden, on all the places. And that is where it goes. <laughs>